1879, the Civil War is over and the resulting economic explosion spurs the great migration west. Farmers, ranchers, prospectors, killers and thieves seek their fortunes. Cattle drovers turn cow towns into armed camps with murder rates higher than those of modern-day New York or Los Angeles. Out of this chaos comes legendary lawman Wyatt Earp, retiring his badge and gun to start a peaceful life with his family. Earp's friend, John Doc Holliday, a southern gentleman turned gunman and gambler, also travels west, hoping the dry climate will relieve his tuberculosis. Silver is discovered in Arizona. Tombstone becomes queen of the boom towns, where the latest Paris fashions are sold from the backs of wagons. Attracted to this atmosphere of greed, over 100 exiled Texas outlaws band together to form the ruthless gang recognized by the red sashes they wear. They emerge as the earliest example of organized crime in America. They call themselves the Cowboys. Welcome, my name is Matt, and I'm here with Andrew. Today we're going to be talking about Tombstone, the movie that brought us the definitive Doc Holliday, the legendary players at the OK Corral, and Kurt Russell's secret directorial debut. So grab your popcorn and Reese's Pieces, and let's break it down on the Post-Credit Podcast. But you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, oh, it's one of those rice movies, those white rice oh, movies. Man. We better stop. We I'm better just saying, stop. but yeah, that, it, it, but but it's, it's I mean, weird that they yeah. Call you think it like why would that. they call it spaghetti? I mean, I understand why they called it or said that they called it spaghetti western, but nowadays it's just it just seems like it could be canceled very easily, you know. But I no, I I actually kind of grew up loving, like I love westerns, you know. I, I love horses and and uh, you know that time period. It was just so gritty, you know. It just was so, you know, with outlaws and stuff. I just found it, you know, very interesting, you know during that time period you know what i mean you know like you get these char- characters especially in, from this movie where you know these characters are straight out of history you know this is not made up characters in in tombstone you know tombstone is actually a place you know the okay corral was actually you know uh, a place in tombstone you know mind you and and you know just like billy the kid and you know jesse james and you know these outlaws you know i mean it's just kind of like you know nowadays where you know people are fascinated with serial killers you know and 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 their stories and you know anytime a serial killer type movie comes out you know people flock to the movie theaters to watch it you know just like with westerns you know it does take a certain type of person to like westerns but i think this uh tombstone transcends all of that you know, I mean, people that don't even like Westerns, that can't stand Westerns, love this movie. My wife is a perfect example of that. You know, she 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 really doesn't like, you know, Western type movies. But this movie is, you know, she loves this movie. You know, I mean, everything about it, you know, just because, you know, you, you just get these strong, strong, super strong characters that that really are telling a story that actually happened. Yeah. And and with the Cowboys, it's like, you know, <clears throat> each culture has its archetypal uh, heroes, you know those the, yeah. the the mythological or archetypal type of heroes with cultures. You know, 
um, you know, with uh, the uh, Japanese, they had their samurai. Yeah. You know, um, you had King Arthur in England, England had their knights. Um, yeah, the Egyptians you know. in, in Egypt. And, <laughs> right. You know. you know, you had your different type of, you know, archetypal type heroes. And with America, you know, we have the cowboy. Yeah. Um, now, cowboy, you know, a lot of people misinterpret cowboy. It's not just kind of like a gunslinger. Cowboy is, is basically a cattle rustler. So cowboy was, you know, they, they helped to drive cattle. Um, up from you know from up and uh, up and down you know the American plains and, and all that yeah. kind of stuff to to different stockyards and everything, um, and they were actually they're also you know cattle rustlers you know yeah. and then and, 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 and they you know they used um, you know they used the horses to 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 do all that ranch hands different things like well, that and, but it's yeah. become this thing where like cowboy you can call them cowboy movies or westerns they're all lawmen they're all either lawmen or they're like um, anti-heroes yeah. or whatever and they're gunslingers you know yeah. and and back then you know uh, gambling that was like it was a it was a prestigious trade it like was. It, it was not like an upstanding thing you know that it was still illegal in some places but i mean that was considered like a you know an accountant nowadays yeah. or something like yeah. that i mean nothing uh, i don't mean like boring but i mean it was an accepted role right or an, an accepted form of of getting money and stuff so yeah well, so, and, you, and you also think about it, too. You know, some of the richest people during that time period were cattle ranchers, you know, yeah. that, that that would sell cattle and, and move cattle across the country or whatever else like that. You know, these guys were, you know, the 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 rich ones, you know, I mean, them and the, you know, the gold diggers and stuff like that. You know, the, these these people were were Kardashians. The, Oh, you meant yeah. oh a different type of cold digger. Yes, yes, oh, my, yes. There we go. Bad. But bad. but you know you know people that would do panhandling, you know, and and you know looking for gold and and uh, cattle ranchers. These guys were the rich people, you know. But then you also had the during the time you had like actors, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. actors were looked upon, you know, as being, you know, especially the males were a lot lot played a lot of feminine roles and then women played a lot of masculine roles in these plays and stuff like that where you see you kind of see a little bit in this movie too you know but but you know you had different aspects of the western you know you had these ex-military members you know that that fought indians and things like that and you that, have all the rush the the rushers too so yeah. you had the gold rushers the silver rushers you know mm-hmm. and you know in like deadwood you know yeah. there was a huge gold rush up there and that i mean that was in the middle of nowhere yeah but they made their own community it was a lawless community for quite some time but i mean it was they made their own community because people there was so much gold up there for people to get and here in and in tombstone you know the guy who the guy who established tombstone as a town you know went out into the desert to be able to find silver and everybody told him he was crazy and that the only thing he was going to find out in the desert was his own tombstone and so yeah. when he came you know they were talking about you know the the indians that were um the native americans that were were hunting uh people out there in the desert and all that they uh you know how rough it was and how dangerous it was well he found he you know he found a huge silver deposit you know right right there around uh, uh where tombstone was was established at and it caused that huge rush of people so yeah you know you had your you know you had your um you know your your rushers you had your you know your cowboys your cattle hands or whatever and in this movie um you know, it's based off of of, of the events and, and and times of uh, of when Wyatt Earp and and his people were in Tombstone, and um, and at that time you had uh, something that was uh, they just called them the Cowboys back then, or in the movie uh, they were just like you know they, they had the Cowboys with the red sashes and that was all not true you know um, 
they, they were called the, the I think it was the Cochise County Cowboys, and that's what they were. You know, they were cattle rustlers, and you know, uh, the, you know, the, like the Clantons. They, you know, they had their own. You know, they were ranchers and everything. Um, there was no such thing as red sashes. That was made yeah. for this movie and everything. You know, a lot. But of, they did come from a lot of these outlaws. Did go from Texas, you know, to these these gold rush places, you know, where, where all the gold was showing up. And they've come from Texas, Missouri, from yeah. Kansas. You know, Dodge City was in Kansas, and. You know, but this story, this over. story in particular, it, it was stating that you know basically these red stashes were were Texas outlaws that had. Yeah, had but that was never on. that was ne- that's not historical. It's something they did for the movie, something for right, know, right. Because yeah. I think at that time they had like a lot of movies about uh, you know L.A. gangs and different things. So you had the Crips and the Bloods and all that kind of stuff. So they kind of wanted to make it have that gang feel, and you know, so so you know, you know, the the, the, the audience watching knew who the bad guy was. Yeah, because there it, were no white hats and black. Black hats in the, right, in this right. Movie. It was but, all just black hats. You know, historically speaking, you know, at least two of these characters, well, three of them, several of them actually, um, the uh, Curly, what is it, Curly and uh, Johnny Ringo, they were actually real uh, characters in history. You know, and well, yeah, pretty much all these people were. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even even the uh, Native American uh, gentleman that they had uh, part of the the cowboy gang or whatever, they uh, he was actually. Uh, in history as well mm-hmm. you know he was actually the one that that killed uh morgan um that's what they were saying that's what the history was t- telling us that he is actually the one that killed morgan yeah, i'm trying to remember what his name was because it was a very um you know stereotypical you know racist name I think it was like the like, chief or something like indian something or yeah. something like that um uh, hey, you go ahead oh no i was saying you know you know, for for this movie stating, you know, I mean, what we're talking about today is definitely Tombstone, and uh, it was released in 1993, and um, it again, it's one of our favorite movies, and we've always wanted to do this, and uh, you know, definitely a shout out to our uh, our father who who kind of influenced us to to like movies like this. Yeah, because like I was saying before, I didn't like Western yeah. movies. I didn't like cowboy movies or anything like that. You know, they had some good ones, Quick uh, quick in the Dead, you know, Good, Bad, and the Ugly, right, you know, different right, things right. like that. I just never got into it. But for some reason, I was I was probably made to watch this when I was younger, but I really enjoyed this one. I didn't feel like the typical cowboy movie. It felt very well produced, Yeah, which is interesting because this movie was shooting um, and came out at the same time that the movie Wyatt Earp was. With Kevin Costner. And it's one of these movies where it's like, um, you know, Dante's Peak and Volcano or Armageddon and Deep Impact, where you have studios that have like the same type of movie, you know, same premise, completely different stories and characters and everything, but same type of thing, you know, Volcano and Dante's Peak, both about, you know, volcanoes. It was a huge yeah. natural disaster. So, but it was about different types of volcanoes. Or Deep or, Impact and uh, what was the other one? Deep Impact and, and, and Armageddon. Uh, Armageddon, yeah, yeah. And Armageddon, it was a it was an asteroid, and I think Deep Impact was. I don't think it was an asteroid. No, it, was, it, was, an it asteroid, was an asteroid. Yeah, I thought it was like a, something else. But but the difference is, is in Deep Impact, the asteroid actually hit where Armageddon it didn't. You know, remember he ended up splitting it and. Well, they, yeah, they blew it up, but then one piece ended up hitting anyways. Yeah, the, I guess the. The people in a Michael Bay are much smarter than the, the people in that other movie because they figured out how to actually save the world or whatever. But this this was kind of shot and done at the same time. And what happened was um, Kevin Costner, you know, coming off of, you know, I mean, he's always just been a fantastic actor. And he really wanted to um, get back into the Western because he had, had, he had uh, started and directed Dances with Wolves yeah. and uh, won Oscars and stuff off of that. So, you know, he well, yeah, because now he's doing he's doing uh 
what's the name of that park? Uh, Yellowstone. Oh, I didn't know that. I yeah. I, I, oh, yeah, I've heard people talking about Yellowstone. Somebody said I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I'm just kind of getting. Yeah, he loves doing these type of movies. Right, right, and and I, th- I think he might have been involved in. He was involved in the Hatfield McCoys and all that kind of stuff. And he was too. a postman. Uh, what, what the postmaster? Or whatever. No, it, was the, it was the postman, but that's more yeah. like a post-apocalyptic. But still, thing. I mean, it's riding horses that you know yeah. out in the country kind of. And you know, it was Robin Hood. Outlaws. Robin Hood. Yeah. So I think mm-hmm. he liked period pieces and stuff. He, you know, he's big on Oscar bait. You know. Oscar bait movie, so you know he did like deservingly said, so. Though. Yeah, yeah, he's a fantastic actor. Like I said, he come off of uh, I think um, Dances with Wolves was in '91, I believe, and um, this uh, he wanted to, to to you know to get into it again, and so he wanted to do uh, a story on uh, on Wyatt Earp, and so he got with this uh, this writer named uh, Kevin Jari, and uh, they uh, they they started kind of writing on this, but. Uh, Kevin Costner felt that it should be more about Wyatt Earp and his family and how he got from being this family man with like nine brothers or eight or nine brothers and became this this legendary lawman and everything. Whereas Kevin Jari and they both kind of wanted to have elements of the OK Corral and different things like that. But uh, the, the writer was like, no, it needs to be centered basically around. It needs to be more action. It needs to be centered at Tombstone. It needs to be centered on, you know, the OK Corral and, you know, the Earp Vendetta ride. Yeah. So it was – and that's what, that's what he wanted to do. So basically the Tombstone starts off where – the Wyatt Earps already had that legendary status, and people know him where he goes. And yeah. He's going arriving in Tombstone, whereas uh, Wyatt Earp movie with Kevin Costner, it kind of takes you through his history. Yeah, and it's so boring. <laughs> I, I I didn't mind it. I it, it's got great acting. They got great great actors to play the different characters. You know, you actually yeah. have more than two brothers and all this kind of stuff, but. I don't know. I think Tombstone had an advantage in coming out first, and you get these performances from these people, you're automatically yeah. going to compare them. But um, the uh, Tombstone's a lot tighter. And what's interesting is about this is they flip flop when it comes to the, the box office. So Tombstone cost 25 million to make, and it made I think like 56 million. So it almost, right off the bat, it almost, yeah, it basically doubled what yeah. it was what it was uh, set out to make. The budget for Wyatt Earp was sixty-five million, more than twice the amount of Tombstone, and it only made twenty-five million. So it, Wyatt Earp had twice the over twice the amount, but it only made basically what they paid for the production of Tombstone. So you know that also means that Tombstone made twice as much money off of uh, their movie than what Wyatt Earp did. So you know they kind of lost money there, but. I think, I don't know. It's just a it's just a lot tighter, a lot more of a, a, a tight story. And another interesting thing is, is is Kevin Jarry. He was he was originally the director. He's the one that wrote it, and he was originally directing it. And um, he just he was able to just shoot the scenes with um, what's that dude? Which one? And Ten Commandments. Charlton. Yeah, Heston. Charlton Heston. So he was able to just he was able to just shoot the scenes with Charlton Heston, but it already put him like within the first two days or something. It already he was already like two weeks behind. So they fired him because he was getting behind. Uh, it might have even been two months or whatever. But uh, anyway, so they hired uh, uh, George P. Uh, Cosmatos, making sure I get that right. Um, and before he had done that, you know, before he did Tombstone, you know, he had only done like Cobra, he did Cobra uh, and Rambo First Blood Part Two. Yeah. 
which were which were good visually. And part and, two was I, I thought part two was better than part one to be honest. Of Rambo, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, and and they were both very good visually and everything. You know, Sylvester Stallone. Uh, and then he did Tombstone, and that was basically it. That's all he did after yeah. this. And th- there's a reason for that, and that's because he didn't actually direct this movie. Yeah. So the person, uh, he he gets the credit, and he was there on set, but basically the one who ghost-directed this movie was Kurt Russell. And um, Val, you know, and Kurt Russell, you know, promised the director he wouldn't say anything about it until, I, you know, as long as he lived. But then that director, uh, George uh George Cosmatos, he passed away, and then Kurt Russell told the story. And Michael yeah. Biehn and Val Kilmer both backed the story up and said this movie wouldn't have been made if it wasn't for Kurt. Yeah, you know he was there. Like basically, Kurt Russell would take the director, uh, the take George the uh, the scenes. Said this is what we're doing tomorrow. Yeah, and he'd be like, okay. And so you know, basically, Kurt Russell directed this movie. Ended up getting it made. Do do you, do you feel like product. this? I mean, because it was directed by him, or ghost directed by him. Do you feel like this was his best role in a movie? I mean, Big Trouble, Little China was was pretty pretty good. But I think this is probably his most outstanding um, Oscar worthy role is as because we'd seen Wyatt before, but he was never made really legendary in a movie role. I don't think until Tombstone. Because okay. obviously he was always Escaped been a legendary LA, character and yeah. everything, but Kurt Russell made like like this is kind of like the the version of Wyatt Earp that people kind of go with. Yeah, you know yeah. I think um, I think you know his his speech to Ike. The Cowboys are finished. You understand me? I see a red sash. I kill a man wearing it. So run, you Kurt. Uh, run. Tell all the other curs the lie's coming. You tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! I mean, it was great writing yeah, and everything, yeah. but the way he delivered it, too. Oh, yeah. You could have somebody gruff do it or whatever, but you have that Kurt Russell, you know, escape from L.A. and yeah. New York intensity and all the different... I mean, he's just so wild and full of energy anyways. Um, the way he delivered those lines, yeah, I definitely think that this is at least my favorite role of his and the epitome, you know, you know, the, uh, what is it? You know, this is the Wyatt Earp role. Yeah, you know, yeah. That, that. But, but then again, think about it this way. This is Val Kilmer, Kilmer's greatest role, I believe, as well. And I feel like both um, Have are, you seen Real Geniuses? I, I love or, I mean, movie. Real Genius. I own that movie because I love that movie. I, I grew up watching that movie. I mean... You know, just what they did to the 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 principal was just awesome. Uh, but anyways, my, I, I well, digress. well, my my admission with that is I've only seen I've only seen parts of Real Genius. I've never actually really? seen the movie all the way through. Yeah. Oh man, so that's one of those movies that I'm like, wow. uh, I should have probably already seen that. But you I've been waiting to watch it because I'm dude. thinking, you know, now that we've done you know, we started this podcast, there's so many out there, and I'm like, well, I should watch him, but now I can wait until we're gonna do an episode, yeah. so I can get my first. He, he's a genius in that movie. I mean, obviously, real geniuses, but I mean, he. He, what he does to the principal at the end, I mean, it's just, it's it's. I mean, they he he's just a a genius that just you know doesn't care. You know, I mean, he just cares about his project. But whatever, Top Gun. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's way better. He's way better in Tombstone than oh any yeah, other yeah, role oh yeah, yeah. Imagine. I mean, like he is obviously the best in this movie. I mean. He's now, the quintessential Doc Holliday. Yeah. You can't think of anybody else he's that other, does it better. Yeah, I think. and he's out of the great roles where I was just like, you know. 
it's not as good as Doc Holiday, but like my per, like personal favorites, my like Lockstock or Lockstock. Um, oh God, what is it called? Magnificent Sex. No, no, it's um, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang yes. with Robert De Niro. He was hilarious. Yeah, Robert Robert Downey. Or Robert Downey. <laughs> Robert De Niro. Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> yeah. So so uh, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and it was writ- uh, written and directed by oh, Shane Black. Such a good movie. Of course, it takes place at Christmas time because it's Shane yeah. Black and everything. But he is hilarious. What did you just do? I just I put in one bullet, didn't I? I you put, put a one. live round in that gun. Oh well, yeah, there was like an eight percent chance. Was it just eight? Eight? Yeah. Who taught you math? Yeah, that was pretty. No, no, I'll give you that. I will give you that with his role in there, because he he was just like a spineless idiot. And that was he, a, well, no, he, like he was very smart. You mean was, Robert Downey he, Jr. was spineless? He kind of like smack around Robert Downey Jr. in this movie. Yeah, well, it was and, hilarious. I mean, and Robert Downey Jr. just played this like pathetic God. guy and everything. This this he, actor we gotta admit that he is such a phenomenal Robert Downey Jr. is such a phenomenal actor. Whatever yeah. he does, but but no, Val Kilmer's role is I mean. His one-liners alone make this movie amazing, yeah. and 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 it just carries on through all generations. It has to because, you know, every single one of his 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 lines is iconic. You know, I mean, I'll be your Huckleberry, which is actually what what he was stating. You're not I'll wearing your... a bustle, yeah. Because <laughs> she's like the horse is outside. Oh, that's why you're not wearing a bustle. <laughs> I love his character in this movie. Like, like, don't get me wrong, saucy like, minx. Yeah. <laughs> But the fact that I mean he he just comes up he, I think he's the star of this movie I really do like Kurt Russell it comes in a very close second because he's just such a but he really there's no substance to Wyatt Earp but in this he movie. actually he actually had more to do and Kurt Russell made that sacrifice knowing that this movie needed to be kept on track and it had the the legs to go and yeah. that it had Val Kilmer yeah. and all these people he actually they they he made his his role less in the movie. Because he was doing those dual yeah. roles of yeah. helping direct and stuff, so I like that he was actually able to do that to get the movie made. And you know, yeah, uh, uh, oh gosh, Kevin Costner, he was trying to get the movie shut down, and the only oh, really? mo- the only movie, the only place that he had no pull in was Buena Vista, which is owned by Disney. Yeah, and so Disney was actually the ones that were able to pick this up and distribute it and right. everything. But right. if it hadn't been for them. This movie probably wouldn't have gotten done because you're talking about wider, right? Yeah. No, no, Tombstone. Really? Because Kevin Costner was putting the kibosh on everything. Oh, 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 oh Kevin Costner was putting put, put the kibosh on, on Tombstone. On Tombstone. Yeah, okay, because okay. he, like I said, he had left the project and went to go do his own wide open, and he didn't want he any competition. Knew, yeah, right. So, but and and uh, surprisingly, you know, Kurt Russell, he was just he wasn't ever mad at it. He was like, I understand yeah. it. You know, putting your weight behind it. You know, he did what yeah. he needed to do and everything. And rightfully so, because, you know... This if, movie was phenomenal. Because this movie just blew the other one out of the water. But that's what I'm saying. Like, like the whole... I, I'm so impressed more so. I mean, all these characters did really, really well. I mean, you got Sam Elliott as Virgil. You got Bill Paxton. I mean, the late, great Bill Paxton as as uh, Morgan, which is their age difference was almost similar exactly to the age difference of the actual characters they were playing. Yeah, because Virgil was the oldest. It was like a seven-year, five-year, right, seven-year, five-year, three-year difference that that were almost exactly that same age difference there, you know, because, 
you know, people look at Sam Elliott and don't realize that the guy was born in like 1944. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, the guy does not look like he's that old. You yeah, know and he I mean? has he has a legacy. Sam Elliott has a legacy in cowboy the, movies and westerns, oh, you know, man. going back. I've seen him in, in The Ranch, and I mean, he, he's a Big Lebowski. He was in The Big Lebowski. That was yeah, he, phenomenal. He was the role. main villain in the last season of Justified. Yeah. Um, the Ranch. Which is like, I think one of the rare times you can find him without a mustache is in that yeah. last season yeah. of Justified, because that's like. It's so weird not to Sam see Elliott. Him. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and when I saw him, it's like his lips moved weird when he was talking. I'm like, I don't like this he needs to have his, he needs yeah. to get his mustache back yeah but, but going off of what you were saying you know as far as you know this was kurt russell's movie you know michael bean was actually talking about it he's like you know as much as i love you know powers and and uh kurt and all this kind of stuff um it was me and val that stole the movie yeah because you know you the, the guy that works for the main guy is usually the mo- more interesting one you know like yeah. vader you yeah. know, he was way more interesting than the end of the Do you know Emperor. Vader was only in, in the first, I think the first movie for like eight minutes. Yeah, totally. yeah, it was very totally. short. It was very short. But that's how impactful he was. Yeah. And, and Ralph McQuarrie and other. Well, they, they said through the, the first three, or okay, you know, episode, episode uh, four, five, and six, right? They say Vader was only in that for 36, 38 minutes or something total. But yet he made such an impact, you know, in those movies, those three movies barely being in it, that it, it just transcends anything else. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and that's why the prequels were so important because you got right. more on Vader before right. he became Vader, right. and you got more on Palpatine before right. he became who he was. And, and just like that. you know, just like the whole thing with Val Kilmer, you know, I mean, he he was in this movie, but he wasn't in the movie the entire time, you know. But he stole this movie, you know, and, and his one-liners. And I mean, I was going to tell you before when he says Huckleberry. You know, apparently it's called a huckle bearer, which means it's, it's, it's a it's somebody that's the handle that's on the, the uh, casket, the casket. Yeah. So that would be so Paul bearer. So that was kind of a misconception. But, you know, I mean, but in the script, it actually does say they said because there's been a debate between fans, whether it's huckleberry or huckleberry. But if you look, the, it was kind of put to bed whenever you look at the original sketch, it does say I'm your huckleberry. Yeah. And he he, he did a lot of ab living uh, from what. uh I was reading about it with uh, Val Kilmer. He did a lot of, like a lot of his winks and his a lot of his mannerisms were not scripted. And him and uh, Michael Bean actually rehearsed that scene at the end under the oak tree, the showdown between those oh, two. Man. They actually were the ones greatest that, scene that in the movie. Rehearsed that because right you know they they back in the day when they'd have these shootouts, people would yeah. be like twenty feet away, right, twenty paces yeah. or whatever. They're just circling. and they would just, <laughs> but they would stand there twenty feet apart and they would shoot at each other and they wouldn't hit because you yeah. know. Nobody was a huge, great shot. You're you're pulling, you're shooting from the hip. Yep. You know, you're doing a quick draw, and you know, sights weren't as good. You know, bullets weren't as good, and everything. So yeah. you you wouldn't. You sometimes you'd have misfires. Sometimes you'd have bullets that go way over here. You know, um, uh, barrels weren't. You know, um, what do you call it? bored correctly? Yeah, different yeah. things like that. So. You know, a lot of people look at these shootouts. Well, these shootouts sometimes would last for a few shots because it would yeah. take a while to actually yeah. get a shot yep. and everything. Well, so, but, you know, that's why they wanted to do it in this little area where they circled yeah. each other and to, to where it's not far away and to where a true quick draw would actually hit. Right, right. And if you notice, they do they do it in the forest, which, you know, historians have said mostly that that wouldn't have happened in a forest. That would have happened in, you know, in, in a field somewhere or in the city somewhere or in desert, you know desert land and and you know with wind wind 
Well, yeah, they say know. that the only reason to to have quick draws and stuff is to you know for the crowd. Yeah. You know, you want to show yes. how good. It, but out in the middle of the woods, they're just going to be trying to shoot each other. Right. But this was between two men who wanted to prove that they were better than the other. Now, this never historically happened because. No. Um, uh, uh, Doc Holliday was somewhere else whenever um, uh, Johnny Ringo's body was found. He, he was found. suicide, actually. Well, they say that there's still there's still some contention with that, too, because he was found up against a tree like he's left in the movie. He was found with a bullet to the head. His but, finger's still in the, in, the, in the trigger guard. But it wasn't like to the side of the head like you would usually see it. It was, it was more where he got shot in the movie. <laughs> and his gun had discharged a, a shot. Uh, another shot that never went into his head. So that if you'll see in the movie, once Doc Holliday shoots him in the head, yeah. he's sitting there like about to collapse, like yeah. stumbling, and he does pull off a shot. But they were at that least, was to make it more historical. But they right. think that either he got had a run in with somebody else who killed yeah. him, or whatever. But they said Mike Earp and Doc had nothing to do yeah, with that. They said state. Doc was something like 670 miles away from where Johnny uh, Johnny Ringo right. actually died, now, and he, he was dealing with his his TB had gotten bad and everything yeah. like that. So. But these characters are correct in history. I mean, as far as who the, you know, they were actually you know Johnny Ringo was a. Uh, uh, a gunslinger and, and you know you'd mentioned it before and i or i think on a previous episode or something like that but but um or actually earlier yeah but you know you had you had gunslingers and you had lawmen there's a difference there you mm-hmm. know white Earp was not a gunslinger right. white Earp was a lawman you know where Doc Holliday was a gunslinger. Billy Johnny the Ringo was a gunslinger. Billy the Kid was a gunslinger. They were also get well. Doc was a gambler. Yeah, um, and that was how he made most of his money. But he was also a gunfighter. Well, and you got to you got to also consider this too: is that Johnny English or John Johnny English? <laughs> you got Mr. Hilarious Bean. Movie. You got Mr. Hilarious Bean movie. running around in no, Tombstone. Uh, no, you got you got Johnny Ringo, and then you had Ooh. Doc Holliday. <laughs> <laughs> but you had Doc Holliday and, and both these characters, you know, if you really look into it, you know, were either of them really actually good? You know, like, you know, they were they were a little bit of evil and a little bit of good in them. You know, I mean, you got Johnny Ringo, who was who was not so much, you know, the cocky person that that Doc Holliday was Are you talking about real life. No. Yes. Yes. In real life. Yeah, in real life, because I mean, he never shot a priest or anything like that. They, no, no. They they bought that in the movie to make him like, okay, this is the evil bad guy. No redemption yeah. for this guy. And even Doc Holliday says a line in the movie. You know, he wants revenge. Yeah. And then and uh, uh, why it's like for what? For being born. Yeah. You know. So you have this like, okay, we he's a well, real, real bad evil character. Yeah. But but the thing is, is I mean, you know, Doc Holliday would rob people he was a drug addict he was yep. he would murder people that ch- cheated him in card games you know johnny of- english or johnny english, <laughs> i gotta stop saying that johnny ringo was the same th- same thing you know he he was you know a gambler he was a, he was a womanizer he was a uh you know he he did drugs he did uh you know well, was same th- drunkard, you know. I mean, so so in a re- same in, thing with Ike Clanton. Ike Clanton. Yeah. He wasn't he wasn't this dirtbag guy that just talked yeah. crap to everybody and yeah. tried to intimidate people. Yeah, it was a different time back then. It though. was, and, and 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 you know, they. I feel like they they did the the Johnny Ringo and and the Doc Holliday. They were kind of like the yin and yang for each other for this film, where where Curly kind of was like that for Wyatt, but he Wyatt was. really was kind of taking on everybody. You know, I mean, he was kind of taking on whoever was the head. It wasn't really like a an established rivalry between the two. They just yeah. hated each other. In real life, it was between Wyatt Earp and the Earps. And Curly. And yeah. No, and no, the Clantons. And oh, yeah, the, yeah. I mean, that was the, I mean, yeah, 
the 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 scene where where Wyatt walks into the river and has the, and kills Curly Bill that really did happen in, yeah. in real life and with stuff. a shotgun mind you not with Peacemaker which is a very famous gun that Wyatt yeah. actually had and he said it was a ten inch barrel but he didn't kill uh, uh, Curly and he can handle that because if you look at that mustache that was that was a real <laughs> man yeah and, and and you know I gotta say this point this out before I forget about it but. When they were riding in the horse, and it was right at the end, but they were <laughs> it was Wyatt Earp and and Doc Holliday riding. They're both riding next to each other at it seemed like full speed almost or pretty quickly, and they go to shake, shake hands. hands. Yeah. What did I mean? It's like oh, let's ride in the horse. I'm gonna shake your. Well, they 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 because that him was a high five or something, and that was right after Ike had taken off his sash. Yeah, right? like yeah. like he had left his cowboy. <laughs> I think that what that was representative is Ike was the last one, and he gave it up. Yeah. So their mission was complete then, and they to destroy hands, the but, cowboys. But yeah, that's gotta. I mean, that's gotta be pretty hard to do. I mean, they all did their shaking. their uh, their their own you know horse riding. Yeah. And stuff. But I mean, just the fact that they were shaking hands, it was it's quite random. You know, I mean, I understand that it was trying to show something, but you know it, the. The true story with Wyatt, because Wyatt has such a back history with, with you know lawmen here, and, and and you know I mean he has a huge history, and they were saying that you know like with Doc Holiday, they were saying you know Johnny Ringo was the best, um, the best gunfighter since Wild Bill. Yeah, you know? that's what they had said in the movie. Well, that's yeah. what Val Kilmer okay. uh, Doc I, I, said. And I know that the, I know a he lot said of he this is the not best pistolier since Wild Bill. They yeah. Say. <laughs> I don't know. Should I hate him? I think I hate him. I hate him. Yeah, that's Latin, darling. Apparently, Mr. Ringo is an educated man. And now and he, I really hate him. <laughs> but but that's the thing. It just goes to show, you know, it it wasn't, you know, Curly. Just I mean, he he kind of went out pretty quickly, and in a sense, quickly. You know, Wyatt was going after him. Wyatt shot him. You know, it brought dragged him out. You know, Wyatt just started becoming like the. I don't know if that really happened as it, far as you know, did he really what, just do that? walking right yeah. out? Yeah, because uh, who was it? It was the guy that uh, was played by John Corbett. I can't remember what his name in the movie, uh, what the actual historical figure. But do you remember uh, he was he was the New Age music guy in Serendipity with uh, John Cusack? And yes, Martin. he was also in uh, that Alaska show. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Northern Exposure. Northern Exposure. I used to love that show. He was the DJ, remember? Yeah, yeah. What was what was his who did he play in this game or in this movie again? He played one of the bad guys. Uh Barnes. Yeah. So anyways, he got he got shot in the OK Corral from what they said. No, I don't think he did. No, because that was that was the Clanton and McClowries. So this guy Barnes, he was with Curly Bill whenever uh Wyatt went uh, across the river. I swear I saw him in the, one of those caskets. But like what hit what it said? No, that you're thinking of um uh Oh gosh, I uh, played Sandman and Spider Man. Uh, Thomas yes, Hayden Church. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. You're right. Yeah. You're right. So, and he played uh, he played uh, basically Ike's brother, uh, one of the one of the Clanton brothers. Yeah. Um, Billy Clanton, and uh, but this guy uh, who uh, who played Barnes, John Corbett, he that Barnes character actually escaped from that shootout. He died at a ranch or something somewhere where he seeks shelter because I think he had gotten shot or whatever. But he actually told that story. He was just like, it was crazy. Wyatt just went across like there was nothing. And with a shotgun, and Curly Bill came at him, and he just shot him like he was ignoring gunfire. With a shot, double-barrel shotgun. But, yeah, it scared the crap that. out of that cowboy, you know, because he was like, Wyatt just came out of nowhere. But really, just to give you a quick, you know, kind of what this movie is about, it's about Wyatt Earp and two of his brothers. Um, he had retired from being a lawman, and they came to Tombstone to seek their fortune. You know, he's like, I've done my part. I have 
a ton of guilt for all the people, you know, you know, the people that I've killed, even though he said he was only, he only ever shot one person. Um, you know, so he came to this town and, and historically James and Warren, I think, uh, James, uh, Earp and Warren Earp, um, were also two brothers that came to tombstone with him and they were in, they were in the Wyatt Earp movie, but it works better with this, with this like this, because yeah, it's not historically correct because there was two other Earps and everything, but, um, less characters makes for a tighter story. You know, it's less, less background. You have to give somebody less characterization because this is already a packed movie with, with all the cowboys, the, the Clowries, famous the, actors, the Clantons and everything like that. So they came to town to seek their fortune. They have their wives. Kurt Russell has an ex prostitute, um, uh, drug addict. Maddie, and she, uh, it, I mean, it was kind of a jackass, you know. He, yeah. he just left he her was with her problems. Bag, yeah. Like she was a, she was a, a, a drug addict. But I mean, you know, he yeah, didn't because, do much to help her. He he saw that yeah. something was going on, but he really just kind of yeah. let her fall apart. But you think and got you think with about actress. it, yeah. But you think about it too, though, is that you know, granted, they weren't married, they didn't have kids, and that kind of stuff. You know, he met her. She had a past, just like you said at the beginning of the movie. You know, I have a past. She had a past. You know, and uh, that's what he told Doc. But you know, it, it's the also the thing with her too is that you know you look at history and it was saying how she uh, you know she died. She ended up dying of a drug overdose, anyways. Mm-hmm. But she really didn't even want to go to Tombstone. You know, Wyatt basically dragged his family to Tombstone. He wasn't the oldest and he wasn't the youngest, but he was basically the uh, the man of the family. You yeah, know, he was he, the leader of the family. The leader of the family, even though he was he was the second oldest, I believe, and he might not even been the second oldest. You know, because they only show yeah, Virgil. About the middle. Yeah. So, and I don't think even Virgil was the oldest. Where, where you can't. This is where you can't kind of knock uh, Wyatt Earp the movie with Kevin Costner because it does go a lot more into history of of Wyatt Earp's family, and it does really. Uh, you know, it shows how Wyatt Earp father wouldn't he a uh a, a priest or a preacher or something i think so you know but i mean like a general audience they don't want to go and they're not going to go you know you got like western buffs or yeah. you know people that live in the south or in texas that that you know like to see those stories but for a general audience they want to say the big parts you know we want yeah. to see the okay corral we want action and everything yeah. so to focus more on that was a little smarter even though white Earp was you know, maybe a little bit more accurate in some places. They do say Tombstone is one of the most accurate. They just have to change a few things. Like in real life, um, the feud between the Earps and the Clantons was started because, you know, like, um, uh, what was it? Uh, Virgil asked uh, Ike to give up like one of the Cowboys and he did. Yeah. But by the time he did, they, he was already caught anyway. So he was like real nervous that you know, the Earps were going to yeah. tell that he had kind of sold the Cowboys right. out. And then another one, um, Wyatt asked, Ike Clanton and maybe the other Clanton, if they would uh, stage uh, a stagecoach robbery, so they could make money off of that. So I mean, you know, you like and, you and this- also the the battle at the OK Corral did not happen at the OK Corral. Right, it, it actually happened, happened like four four buildings down. Yeah, yeah. So like it, it technically nothing happened at the OK. Corral. But yeah, so I mean that that's I mean that was the reason. Like so, like then Ike was just paranoid that the Earps were going to sell him yeah. out because you know they had had these dealings and and yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And uh, so that's what really started the feud between, you know, the cow, the Cochise County Cowboys and the Earps and everything. And in the movie, it was just kind of like um, whenever the Cowboys came in, when uh, when Earp, uh, Wyatt and Virgil and Morgan got the job to deal Pharaoh at the uh, at the Oriental, 
um, you know, the the Cowboys came in and there was like a little, yeah. you know, kind of a pissing contest going on, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it started with Curly Bill, oh, you must be Wyatt Earp or whatever, and, you know, and then you got Ike Clanton getting Wyatt's face and, you know, listen here, law man, law don't go around here, you know, played by the amazing Stephen Lang. Yeah, and that was a very iconic uh, line in, in the film, you know. And, Law don't go right. Yeah, I heard you the first time and yeah. everything. And then, you, and then of course, you had probably my and most people's favorite scene in the movie, and it's when Johnny Ringo, you know, walks up to uh, to Doc Holliday and he's like, you must be Doc Holliday. And he's like, that's the rumor, you know, and... Uh, <laughs> and then they they have, they start having a pissing contest where where you know Johnny Ringo's flipping the gun every which way and then uh, Doc Holliday's so drunk that basically all he can pretty much do is flip his uh, his cup at the time you know but I, I you know, did you and I thought it was very interesting to to see that um, um, who was it. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton was in this movie. I forgot yeah. he was in this movie. Yeah, what was it? Was it this one? I think it's like every time I watch this movie, I forget that certain people are in this movie until they pop out. I'm like, oh yeah, of course they're in this movie. And yeah, he he was uh, Billy Bob Thornton. You know, he's always been kind of more of a tall, lanky guy. Yeah, he was but very he was, chunky. Yeah, he was a, he was chunky, and I don't know if he gained weight for the role because he had a full on beard. Now. He's completely recognizable just by his voice. Well, I mean, then, yeah, but but at first, you know, you kind of like, wait, is that that is Billy Bob Thornton? Yeah, you know, yeah, and he's and I, I love because that actually happened too. They did have Fred. Uh, what was it? Uh, Johnny Tyler and uh, why, Johnny, why, Tyler. Why, Johnny Tyler. You mad cat? Where you going with that shotgun? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, like you know, Doc lines. Holliday had all these lines, you know, and and. And again, you know, Val Kilmer did this brilliantly because, you know, when you got a movie with that many catch lines that people can recite, you know, years and years later, you know, you know that it was just it was it was great writing, you know, this great writing in this in this picture. And and, you know, um, like, you know, even a famous line that Doc says is uh, you a daisy if you do. That actually was stated. If you do, yeah, he did actually say that, you know, and and, but I mean, just the way Val Kilmer delivers it, you know, and 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 just brings it. Well, that yeah, that confrontation between Doc Holliday and and Johnny Ringo, you know, of course they start speaking in Latin, you know, and I don't know if you've always felt this way, but uh, how do you, how do I put this to you? Um, Do you feel that that Doc? put on a little bit more of his sickness and drunkness than than he really was well he states it at the very end where yeah, where, where wasn't why as... yeah why why it thinks he's he's basically about ready to pass away and 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 you know doc comes out of nowhere doc not only comes out of nowhere but beats Wyatt yeah. to to the standoff between johnny ringo and because... is able to outdraw the supposed best pistolier since yeah. Wild Bill, but but that's what I want our audience to really realize that again there is a difference between gunslingers and and lawmen because you know like I said Wyatt Earp was not a gunslinger even Doc Holliday even he asked Doc Holliday he said can I be I I wouldn't be I won't be able to beat him will I and, and then like, Doc yeah can I can I beat him no you no can't. you can't because Doc knew that you know 
Doc Holliday was a gunslinger. Yeah, he wasn't. Wyatt Earp wasn't a, a quick draw. He wasn't a gunslinger or anything. He Even though was, he owned like the most uh, famous gun in the world, right? You know? he, he, you know, like he was a good shot when he when he got into shootouts and everything like that. And uh, it was it was more about his tenacity, his his fearlessness in in carrying out these duties and putting these people away. You know, back back in those days, you know, it wasn't like you had a full police department. Sometimes you had a couple people doing the job. Yeah. And so to be able to, so they would let a lot of stuff go because like, look, look, I'm one man, you know, I can't take on all these people. Wyatt Earp didn't have that mentality. Yeah. He goes, I don't care how many you got, you know, I'm going to go in, I'm going to do them this, all. <laughs> I'm going to do this, this and that. And so that's what gave him the reputation. It wasn't like a quick draw gunslinger uh, type of Billy the Kid yeah. or Wild Bill type person or whatever. Well, look at Virgil. Virgil, you know, the real person, Virgil Earp, ended up being, being a sheriff in California uh, and he only had one arm with one arm with one arm and he still was the sheriff. And, but, you know, again, that Earp name because of Wyatt carried, you know, I mean, Virgil was a, uh, you know, a sheriff. You know, I believe his dad was a sheriff, too. I I, I can't. No, I think he was Who a shot preacher. Him? Who? Virgil Who shot the sheriff. Oh, well, Sorry. anyways. No, but uh, <laughs> no, Vir- Virgil, you know, Virgil carried on that name. You know, the Earp was known as a lawman name, you know, and, and, and if you notice, you know, Wyatt. Why is portrayed as being, you know, this the the lawman of lawmen, you know, uh, justice and this and that. But you know, if you look in later in his life and the history of him, especially in this movie, you know, he was not a con man per se, but you know, he he was all about gambling and winning people's, you know, uh, dig sites and and plots. And he had a and, certain amount of integrity, but treating women a certain way. You yeah, know? he had a certain amount of integrity as far as people breaking the law, but he would do it too. You know, so I think he had more loyalty, more to his family and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. So you know, and, and, and like I said, getting back to this scene, um, it was uh, you know they 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 start talking in Latin and and the the you know the. The, the thing that I got off of Doc Holliday is they, they put that in at the end, you know, oh, I, I wasn't as sick as I made out to yeah. be, you know. And I think that was kind of, um, it addresses something that they were showing throughout the whole movie. When he's gambling, he is like so drunk and everything like that. But I don't but think really he ever is. He is I don't think he's ever as drunk as he. It's it's a ploy to lure these people yeah. in to kind of complacency, thinking that yeah. he's drunk. It's probably a good tactic. Now well, he pro- was drunk yeah. and he was sick and everything, yeah. but not as much as he put out to be. And when uh, John, uh, Johnny Ringo came in there and they were kind of going at each other, I think he acted a little bit more drunk. He did, and I think the things that he did and said, and the reason he was acting drunk, and then the the way he kind of. Uh, antagonized Ringo is he wanted to see how fast Johnny pulled uh, pulled his yeah, gun. Yeah. So I think that was all a tactic to get Johnny to pull his gun, knowing he wouldn't shoot him yeah. there because there was all those people, the Earps were right there, all that kind of stuff. So knowing that he wouldn't actually do, he knew that 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 Johnny would want to show off, right? He wants to show off yeah. how badass he is, especially if he's heard of how fast Doc Holliday is. Yeah. So Doc, I think that was a smart thing on Doc Holliday's part where. He's acting like this. He psyched him out. Exactly. He psyched him out to get him to draw his gun because you you see him whenever he's drawing his gun and then he's doing the twirling. You know, Doc's kind of looking at him. He wants to see how good he is. It's that not, way. Yeah. But I think that right at that moment, he's like, yeah, okay, yeah, I can beat this I, guy. I, and and I want to add on to what you were saying. It's not so much that he was um, he was trying to test how fast he was. He was trying to – because you got to believe that 
gunfighting is 50% mental, 50% physical. So, you know, he, he probably can look at him and tell how what kind of a gunslinger he is physically just by looking at him because of doing Maybe. it for so long. I think he wanted to see where his head was at and how easily he could be rattled. All that, because, I mean, that goes along with their end deal because that was very mental, you know, their end duel whenever they're, you know, they're circling each other and everything. Oh, he was scared. He was scared of Doc Holliday. He, he, was he did because not want did to you fight see Doc his, Holliday. Did you see the color just drain? I mean, even Doc I said, wow, John, uh, Johnny Ringo looks like somebody just walked all over your grave. Yep. You know, and, and, and the fact that, that he just, he, you know, uh, Doc Holliday ha- had no fear. You know, he had no fear. He knew he could win, you know, and that's, again, that's the mental side of it. Where Johnny Ringo had been, uh, knows the history of Doc Holliday, knows that he's famous, knows that why he's famous, you know, and, and he was fully... He was like, okay, I'm fighting Wyatt Earp, and I'm going to kill him. Yeah, Johnny uh, Ringo. Johnny wanted he wanted a piece of Wyatt Earp, and he wanted a piece of Doc Holliday because they were famous, and he wanted to have his name be out there too because he was, you know, he yeah. wanted to be, a, you know, he was a gunfighter and everybody ran around with these cowboys, and uh, but I think it was, you know, you know, at the first scene he had he had no words or anything for Wyatt Earp. He yeah. was staring at, at Doc Holliday that whole time in that bar whenever Doc was sick. And like I said, you know, you know that the translation they start talking in in, in, uh, in Latin. Latin, and it's because you know Doc, Doc is mouthing off and everything. Yeah. And uh, and Wyatt's like, okay, I don't want to start a gunfight yeah. here, so he's just like, he's drunk, you know, yeah. ignore him, he's drunk. And uh, then Doc says, you know, in vino veritas, which means, you know, in wine there is truth. Yeah. So it's saying, you know, it's like, you know, in, I may be drunk, drink, but I'm telling but I'm the telling, truth. You know, it's yeah. not like I'm BSing everything. Yeah. And then John, uh, Johnny Ringo comes back with... Uh, but he's saying, do what you do. I'm saying, hey, do what you need to do. You know, bring it if, if you got yeah. it, that type of thing. Uh, Doc Holliday comes back. Preda Judas Sotella, non ego. Which, uh, which... Um, uh, you know, basically, roughly translates to "let Appella the Jew believe." Eventus stultorum magister. Youth is the teacher of fools, yeah. which more people go along with. You know, basically saying, you know, you, you know, youth. Is you the, haven't had enough experience uh, as much as I've had, basically. Yeah, or, or you know, um, you know, I, I, I can. You're a fool, you know, and you're not going to live that long. I'm going to teach yeah, you, yeah, and all this kind of stuff. And then uh, Doc, uh, that's what uh, that's what Johnny Ringo says. Um, and then uh, Doc Holliday says, which uh, is may he rest in peace. Like, let's go. Let's shut yeah. it down and yeah. everything. And uh, that's whenever, uh, you know, the guy's like, we don't need any trouble in any language. He goes, that's Latin, darling. You know, apparently he's an educated man. I, now hate I really hate him. <laughs> yeah. And then that's when he pulled on him. Yeah. And then you kind of get a sense where Doc Holliday, you know, and like the wide shots, then he's like, okay, now he finally pulled. Yeah. Because he had no, uh, Doc had no intention of pulling his no. gun. He like wanted he said, to see. He was surrounded by people and the Earps and the yep. marshals and stuff. He knew that nobody was going to draw down on he, him. He, kill, he kills Doc. He's dead too himself right then and there. He knew. Exactly. He knew. He knew. That's that's the difference between the characters of of Johnny Ringo and and Doc Holliday and the and the difference between Curly and uh, Wyatt Earp. You know, Doc Holliday and and Ringo. It was all a mind game. It was it was all just who's smarter. You yeah. know what I mean? Who's and, smart? Who can who can antagonize yeah. the other? You know who who and who is the you know who's the best? Because I'm not going to draw first. Yeah. You need to draw first to show you that I'm better. And that's why yeah. like he was able to step up to Ringo after that when Ringo was drunk on the street calling Wyatt out after they had killed uh, the yeah. 
the uh, McLaurys and Clanton brother, he was just like, you know, he was ready to go with Wyatt. Yeah. Of course, he was drunk and everything, but then, you know, he's like, you know, Doc comes out and he's yeah. like, I'm your Huckleberry. Yeah. You know, and he's like, you know, say when, you know. Well, and, and that's the thing, you know, because, like, that's why Ringo was scared of, you know, more so of Doc than he was of Wyatt, you know, because that's because why he challenged he's Wyatt. smart. He's smart. He's so, you know, Ringo's smart enough to know where to pick his battles and, and, and who to fight and who not to fight because he knows that Wyatt might not be as smart as Doc, mm-hmm. but but he backs up his game. I mean, he's 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 strong. You he know, may not be character. like a, a quick draw gunfighter, but yeah. he's a fighter. And he's a he's fighter. A, he's a gunfighter, but I mean, like, yeah. you know, that's not his profession, but he's, dan- he's, where, he's dang good at Yeah, it, where you know? Curly is, is obviously stupid because he doesn't know that you know, he doesn't know when to pick his battles or anything else like that. He's not smart about his, his attack style. He's just, he's like a bull in a china shop, just firing, killing everybody he wants to. He's and, smart when it comes th- to, like, when he's not drunk and everything yeah. and everything. He, he's smart enough to know, like, they grab Johnny because they're like, there's no way that he beats Doc in yeah. this thing. So yeah. they grab Johnny. They're like, oh, don't worry. Don't mind him. He's just drunk. Because they knew, like, if they if they show this down, yeah. John, uh, Doc's going to kill him yeah. and everything. So he's like, it's all about picking the right spots, yep. picking your battles, you know, mm-hmm. not trying to be badass, just trying to win yeah. the win the um, the war that's going on between the Earps and the, the, yeah. the Cowboys. And, and who knows, you know, so Doc might be one of those people in history, you know, that that really are perform better under uh under the influence you know what i mean you know some people but a lot of people would discredit him because he was a longer exactly he had tuberculosis and everything and so they thought that that would make him slower and he was drunk most of the Mm. time so they thought that would make him slower but but despite all that because he had lived with it for so long he was still a renowned you know quick draw and Uh, dentist yeah (laughs) yeah and you know so even though he was had tuberculosis and was drunk all the time mostly and everything, people still don't want to mess with him because they're like, well, he got that profession while he was still dealing with all this. Yeah. Now he's going downhill. I think I think what their plan was let's take out the let's take out Wyatt first, you yeah. know, or, or take out his brother his so we can take yeah. out him and everything. And it was kind of like they were kind of leaving Doc to the side, like let's yeah. let's not mess with him. Let's let's take out these these herbs yeah. first because they, they probably Virgil, thought Doc's yeah Morgan and all that. They probably thought Doc was just a drunkard, a uh, drunk guy that probably wouldn't even know whether or not the fight was going down at that time or not. You Maybe, know? but they were scared of him. They were scared of him, but at the same time, they they I felt like they if they draw, if they drew uh, you know the herbs away from Doc. More often, because again, none of those herps were gunslingers. They were all lawmen. You know, I mean, it's again, I'm try, I'm trying to. Uh, that gets you know, blurred sometimes, though, because it's it so easy to become a lawman. You just get deputized like on the Wild spot. Bill. Wild Bill was a gunslinger, right. but he was also a lawman. You know what I mean? And, and a lot, and some of these, some of these famous people were gunslingers and lawmen. Like you know, Deadwood and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, like because there's a theory that says that Doc Holiday, you know, the real Doc Holiday you know, became a gunslinger because he had tuberculosis and did not want to die from tuberculosis. So he became a gunslinger. So he would die by the gun, uh, or, you know, die by the alcohol or die by, you know, playing cards or whatever. He would die. He wouldn't die from tuberculosis, which is in the end that what he ended up. So, so like, Doc Holliday, his mom t- uh, died from tuberculosis, and he took care of her, and that's how he contracted it, is because he was taking care of her when she was still contagious and everything. So he contracted it when he was younger and everything, and uh, you know when it started becoming a problem. Like, you know, as a dentist, you're not going to want to be coughing your tuberculosis yeah. in people's faces and stuff. When that started, you know, a doctor recommended like, look, you know, the warm, dry heat 
It's probably yeah. the best bet for your tuberculosis, for yep. your lungs, and all this kind of stuff. So that's Not why, drinking. <laughs> that's why he was in New Mexico, Arizona, and, and gone out to those places and everything so yeah. he could live a little bit longer. But, you know, as soon as he got that, you know, he, he knew he had tuberculosis and was probably going to be killed by it one day. So he lived his life like it like every day, yeah. like it was his last day. You know, he gambled, he partied, he, uh, you know, he did the gunslinging and, you know, he you know did the tough guy thing because it's like, you know, I'd rather die with my boots on which is a common thing in yeah. the cowboy movies and in cowboy culture, Western culture, to have was to being out your, there dying with your boots on, not yeah. dying in your bed somewhere. Without you know? your boots. And and that's that's why his iconic line, which he literally said in real life, was, I'll be damned. That was his last words. Yeah, and, you know, and, and he damned. says, this is funny. This he goes, funny. I'll be damned. This is funny. And uh, and Val, they were asking Val Kilmer, he's like, you know, that's what he actually said. He goes, I don't know who was there that actually heard him say that, but yeah. you know, <laughs> it's just a commonly, I guess, known comment thing well, that, that that people know that I guess somebody was there that yeah that can be recorded in history. Well, and so so here, here's a little bit of uh, of stuff about the movie too. Is uh, actually Wyatt Earp's fifth cousin, um, Wyatt Earp, mind you, uh, actually played uh, Billy Claiborne. Billy Claiborne, yeah, I, I think I heard about that was something like the that. real Wyatt Earp's fifth cousin or, or first cousin or, or no fifth cousin. Yeah, that but his name is Wyatt Earp, but that was he was actually related to the real Wyatt Earp, and he played uh, Billy Claiborne. And did you also know that uh, they were actually considering Richard Gere as Wyatt and William Defoe as Doc Holliday? I, I knew about William Willem Defoe. Um, I'm glad they didn't do Richard Gere. I think the cast just came out. It's weird because it's a weird cast because you know you have Val Kilmer who's come from like you know Top Gun and these macho roles and everything. And, uh, you know, later on he did, like, you know, Batman and, um, you know, The Saint and different things where he's, like, you know, mainly this clean-cut or macho type of guy and everything. Except for in The Doors, like, The Doors, he was kind of a hippie. But, I mean, like, in this he played, like, like kind of a scrawny. That is a hell of a thing for you to say to me. uh, White-faced because, you know, he was sick and everything, like a sickly person. You know, he was still... But I mean, like him, and then you got Kurt Russell's coming off of like you know Big Trouble, Little China, Escape uh, from New York, Escape, Escape from from New LA, York, you know L.A. and uh, and uh, Overboard, and you know all these kind yeah. of you know Tango and Cash. You I know, love that movie where he's just like this full of energetic, you know, funny guy that's just <laughs> you know he's just like really laughing all the time and everything, you know, just uh, and, and he has to be like this. I can no longer hear anymore. Stern, um, uh, you know, stoic type of character of Wyatt. Um, I don't know. It just it, you seem like with those leads, but but it was just it was like perfect perfect roles for all of them. Even Bill Paxton coming from, you know, uh, oh, what man. is it? Weird science, weird science and, and aliens. Yeah. Where yeah. You know, what did he say in aliens? It's like that's it, man. Game over. Game <laughs> over, man. And he was just like he got some so annoying. Yeah. yeah, but he did a good job because he was supposed to be this annoying person in that movie. But, yeah. Um, what I want to talk about my favorite character in this movie is michael beans johnny ringo you know we've been talking a lot about uh, about um doc holiday and, and um and johnny ringo and stuff but i think i think when you're talking about like your favorite performances in the movie you have you almost have to set doc holiday aside val kilmer because it's very hard it's to do that universally kind of accepted yeah. that he stole this movie so setting him aside i really i've always loved michael beans uh action stars you know he was kyle reese you know he was um uh johnny ringo you know he was in aliens uh he was um i've gotten uh, was it hicks or hudson 
No, he was Hicks. Hicks. Yeah. So uh, and it was Bill Paxton that was that was Hudson. Hudson. So like he had Hicks and in, in Aliens, and uh, he was in The Rock. He was, he was that also in Terminator. Remember? That's what I'm saying. He yeah. had uh, uh, Kyle Reese. Kyle Reese. Yeah. And uh, but he was in The Rock. Uh, you know, he played the badass commander that you know died towards the beginning and everything. But I just always loved really him. Plays the starring role though. Have you noticed that? No, but he he's good like that. Yeah. I don't think you know you have those actors where they uh, they try to take their own movies and you know they're good actors but they're meant to be I guess you say the color or whatever Sam Elliott's like that too yeah. so I mean it's I, I really loved his character as Johnny Ringo you know it's it's historically not quite accurate to the real Johnny Ringo but I like how they did it for this movie because of the, because of the tone of this movie and, and, and the way that they went with the different relationships of the different heroes and everything um, he played a very good you know godless type of character where um you know, you could tell he just wanted to fight and kill and be the best, and um, and and you know that's what he did. And and the his acting was was amazing in that 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 tension field scene with between him and Doc Holliday, and then at the end when uh, you know he's so cocky when quote unquote Wyatt is coming up to the clearing and he goes well. I didn't think you had it in you. And then he just hears that. I'm your Huckleberry. And he's like, he looks at him like, oh, crap. You know, just like, oh, no. And you see the shock in his face. He stops. And it's just very subtle and everything. And then right after when he realizes, okay, this is about to go down, he's like, all right, Lunger. Let's do it. He kind of breaks after he says, let's do it. Like, he's trying to project the confidence, but then it breaks because he's like, oh, my God, I'm really nervous. You know, like, I think I'm about to die. Right. Well, if you you look at him, too, you know – in this movie, he's truly evil. Like, right. like he's the personification of evil in this movie. Even Curly, the actor, even and the character of Curly in this movie, wasn't a hundred percent evil because no, there was when Curly shot yeah. Fred Marshall. He was like, "Fred, are you all right? Yeah, come on, yeah. get up, Fred." And he like he didn't realize he was just drunk. Yeah, and he just did what he did. Yeah, but but it's it's you know he was kind of the personification of evil in this movie. But it was kind of more so like the Doc Holliday and, and Johnny Ringo were like the yin and yang, you know, because both of them were really, really smart. Both of them um, were very good gunslingers, you know, but but Doc Holliday was so close to being that Johnny Ringo person. You know what I mean? Like, like you kind of feel like if it's like if not for White Earp, yeah, 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 if it if wasn't for White Earp, he would be Johnny Ringo. Yeah, because he, you know, the only thing that, it, and this, I feel like this was kind of like historically correct that if it wasn't for Wyatt Earp and Doc, uh, you know, being that kind of influence on Doc Holiday, the Doc Holiday would have been that outlaw, you know, like Johnny Ringo or, or one of these outlaw yeah, characters. What do they say? He's like, he's like, why are you doing this? And uh, he's, 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 you're he's my like, friend. Wyatt yeah. Earp is my friend. Yeah. And he goes, well, I got a lot of friends. He's like, I don't. Yeah. You know, so the fact that he didn't yeah. have any friends. You know, all that kind of stuff. And, and like you said, you know, he had this certain streak about him where, you know, he would rob people and everything, but it seemed to be whenever he was... At the card was, games, at the bars, yeah. you know, kind of thing. But when he was around Wyatt, it was like, it was all about, you know... Protecting Wyatt. Trying to do that. Yeah, now, they say what you want about, you know, about Wyatt and, and their morals, you know, the Earp's morals and stuff back then. But, you know, they, they were at do, least... They do portray Wyatt in movies and stuff like that as being just this white knight, uh, can do right. no wrong, uh, completely justified uh, lawmaker, you know, yeah. or not lawmaker, but law, law, 
provider. But in reality, it was just like everybody else. He was trying to make uh, a living. He yeah. was trying to make a good life for himself. He he got and his family. He really did care about his family. <laughs> yeah, he got caught up in the lawmaker status, but he didn't want anything to do with that when he came to Tombstone. And you know he you know and he left his his wife there that was suffering from you know from uh, you know drug addiction and everything to marry this beautiful actress and uh, that he had met in uh, Josephine Marcus, who he was with for forty five years. Yeah, and they ended up being away. very married for over forty years. And you know, I think the, they say at the end of the movie, what is that? Uh, Tom Mix, uh, the Western star, uh, or whatever. He wept, yeah. you know, and everything. So. Uh, I don't know. It's it's all the 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 roles that were in the you know the guy John Tenney who plays uh, Behan in it. Um, obviously, we have Stephen Lang who played Ike Clinton. Stephen oh. Lang. Oh, what? I was gonna say. Uh, just when you're done, just let me know because I'll tell you my favorite character of the. Well, who's the your whole favorite thing. character? Uh, Jason Presley. Jason Presley as Billy Breckenridge, huh? <laughs> no. Did you did you get a sense that Billy Zane's actor character was gay? And that uh, not not just because he was in theater, but I mean it, it like it, it kind of insinuated well, like at like, the very beginning when when she was like she, she was like she was talking about why right and, he was, and like, he was just like happy hunting happy you know hunting, just yeah. just kind of like totally not interested in her yeah um, and then they had the little thing between I made sure like they, uh, they showed how obsessed Billy was with him and yeah. that they had you know they were kind of hanging out together he, did, he, and all he was very underrated you know Billy Zane was underrated I think in this movie like he did a really good role I mean he wasn't uh, he didn't have a ton of screen time but what he did for this uh he got the sense that he just wanted to be a performer that yeah. was traveling around yeah. and acting you know and he, he did a good job free carrots but yeah i mean like his uh this uh what was it the henry the fifth uh um uh lines that he was giving yeah. you know upon crispin's day or upon yeah. crispin's day and everything and they're all like that's great <laughs> you know well you know at the very beginning when when that guy uh is starting to juggle and um um, they, they shoot. They shoot the the. Yeah. Uh, and apparently that actually really did happen. That was in the history books too. But that really happened. And what it was is this guy would travel around with this production, and uh, he would have blanks, and he would do this act like he was shooting that 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 juggler every time. And that was the act. It but wasn't. This, but then this one, they had the cowboys shoot at him. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But but that's actually. Um, they they were talking about this. I read about this that th- this did happen in Tombstone and and you know with this acting troupe and everything that you know a guy would shoot blanks and they're shooting at us you know and then they bring out that guy because that, that's character. probably why he said it. He's like they're shooting at the real guns. <laughs> yeah. Well, which you know, one thing I want to show on this too is this the fact that you know Wyatt Earp died in our century. You know, I mean, in the 20th century, you know what I mean? I mean, the guy, the guy literally died in the 20th century. I mean, 19, what was it 19, 28, uh, 20, I 29, I think it, it was, but he came to Hollywood in 1950 and he, and he was a, uh, he was a, uh, what, what do they call it? Uh, he suggested things in, in Westerns oh, movies. Oh, so like a, uh, uh, what do you call it? An advisor? Yeah, whatever. like, a, yeah. And, technical and, advisor. Yeah, technical advisor. But he became a technical advisor before uh, when he retired. You know, before he died, he went to Hollywood to, to advise on how to shoot well, Western pictures. Just like we're talking about. He's always looking for ways to make yep. money. Like, he did his lawmaking days and his killing and stuff like that. And then past that, he just wanted to do get his money and everything. Um Stephen Lang, who played Ike Clanton in this movie, I had always liked him in a movie. When I was younger, I hadn't seen him in anything else. And then you see him when he, you know, I think the next biggest thing that I recognized him in was Avatar. 
you know, when yeah. he played the the yeah. military guy and everything. But I know he's been. In oh, a I lot. know. I mean, he's in, in Avatar. He's all buff. Like in yeah, this in this like movie, huge. he doesn't look buff. And when they were doing the Deadpool movie, he was one of the front runners to play Cable. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that would be so perfect. Yeah. You know, you just have to buff up a little bit more or whatever. It. In my opinion, I think he would have played. I think Josh Brolin did a great job at Cable, but I think that uh, that Stephen Lang. I think I would have preferred because I mean he looked exactly like Cable and everything. Yeah, but they they were kind of kind of casting, trying to go for the gray hair look, and he just personified that. Well, him and uh, Sam Elliott, you know, kind of personify yeah. that that salt pepper slash you know just straight up gray hair uh, uh, leading man or whatever. Do you know what Stephen Lang was uh, was was? Uh, you know, known for before this. Mm. So <clears throat> before a few good men got made into a movie, it was like a Broadway play. And he played mm. Jack Nicholson's character in a few good men. And that's in like the most popular Broadway version of a few good men. He played <clears throat> that character, that, 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 uh, uh, general, that, that, um, uh, was it a general? Yeah. It, it, or major maybe, I think. Anyways, he played, uh, oh, maybe it was but he he played Jack Nicholson's character in there. That you know the the um, um, you know with the famous the famous lines. You know you can't you handle, handle the, the truth, truth. You know we say things like honor and you know you know just going. Yeah. But I mean I could imagine him just being so intense and he like won awards for that role and everything and before before he got made into a movie. So, but he did a really good job as as Ike Clanton. I mean he just disappears he disappears into all his roles. He does. I love Stephen Lang as that. You got you know some of the side characters like that played the different Clantons like uh, Thomas Hayden Church. Um, you had Jason, Pre- <laughs> you had Jason Priestley in there. I mean I know he was playing whatever, that Billy I mean. character or whatever. That would have been the last character I would have been like. Oh, get that guy from Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. That would be perfect for this movie. Yeah, let's give him a little little tiny beard for a little guy and with yeah. some little glasses for a little guy. But I mean, to, for the role he played, I guess he yeah, did all right. Whatever. Um, good old Michael Rooker. Who's yes. just just this mainstay yes. in all these movies? He's never the out front, but he plays. I love the fact that he was a play. good guy. In well, this he movie. played Sherman yeah. McMasters, who he he was a cowboy, but he he yeah. was real a lot of uh, pretty uncomfortable with some of the shady things that they were doing. He was and, all right. Did you with, see the way that they switch? He switched pretty quickly. Like like one moment you're seeing him with the cowboys, the next moment it was you're after seeing they him went after the wives yeah. and stuff like that. It was like you know he he was all right with stealing cattle and yeah. and and doing all that kind but of stuff not harming but women not and doing women and, and you know and they killed the woman at the very beginning yeah. the one that was supposed to get married you know um and and yeah it was after they went after the Europe's women and stuff that's when he switched sides and i guess that's pretty historical in the in the i think in real life he wasn't really part of the cowboys but he had like dealings with them and stuff until and so he knew about the inner workings of the Cochise County Cowboys and so he was able to help why in that regard because he knew how they operated and how they worked and everything. Yeah. And 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 you know um did you did you know that Wyatt Earp had never been shot? Not even grazed with a shot. Yeah. Like his whole entire career and he he died of an old age. Yep. He died of old age and out of all these other characters, I guarantee none of them, you know, Doc, we know Doc Holliday died of tuberculosis at, you know, probably 40 or something. But he lived at a young age and never once was shot, like grazed with a shot even. I mean, that's insane. You know, for a lawman, a famous lawman like that to never been shot, I guarantee you that probably had a lot of 
reason why people feared him so much just because of that reason probably because because like we said you know he wasn't a quick draw a lot of these people would die in quick draws or get shot and everything like that whereas he was more of a uh, a fighter where it wasn't about the quick quick draws about the it was more about the uh the the marathon than the sprint right you had right. The, you know the quick draws a sprint but i mean it was more about the fight and fighting smart yeah. and being able to you know at least in this movie shows you know being able to anticipate who the biggest threat is and, and go for them first right. or whatever, being able to see that Ike didn't have a weapon and, uh, and I'm, uh, I'm unarmed and everything, you know, and a lot of the quotes during the OK Corral showdown, um, those are actual things that were said by eyewitnesses that were in like the tombstone papers where it was, uh, you know, Ike was saying, I didn't have, uh, I don't have a weapon. I'm unarmed. And, uh, Wyatt Earp actually said, you know, the fights commence, get to fighting or, or, uh, go away or something, whatever yeah. he said, whatever it was that he said, uh, get to fighting or get away. Um, and the fact that he did that is what, uh, allowed them to not be like prosecuted for that whole shootout and then allowed for the judge in real life, allowed for the judge to say, okay, you guys were acting within your authority and everything yeah. because they didn't just shoot him because he wasn't unarmed. So the fact that Wyatt Earp was actually able to see that he wasn't a threat at the moment and let him yeah. go, then they were able to, you know, justify that whole shootout, even though it might not have been justified. But I forget that, you know, Terry O'Quinn, who played uh, Locke in Lost, in Lost, yeah, that he was the mayor in this movie. Um, you know, you got, like we said before, you got um, uh, Billy Bob Thornton. You got Robert John Burke. He was in... Uh, um, oh, what he, uh, what's it called? Um, Rescue Me with Dennis Leary. Yes. I think he played the uh, the uh, uh, priest guy, and he was also the third RoboCop, I believe, yeah. in the in RoboCop Part Three. <laughs> uh, like you said, Billy Zane, John Corbett. Uh, you said Wyatt Earp was in this. Uh, you know, they, they just have all these you know amazing performances from people. Billy Zane, Jason Presley. Yeah. I mean, Thomas Hayden Church, yeah. uh, Dana Delaney, who's in. Uh, wasn't she in some kind of a cop show in the past ten years or so? Uh, um, I can't remember. I, I seem to remember Angie watching something with her in it, or maybe it was our folks or whatever. Uh, she was in Desperate Housewives. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember what it, it was. Some I don't. It, I know she did some stuff in Body of Proof. Yeah, uh, she was in Castle. She was in some kind of a, a cop drama though. I I just can't remember what it's called. But, you know, the cast was great. Uh, Kurt Russell stepping in to do his role was great. Um, obviously, it was better written, more focused on what yeah. people care about, like, you know, as far as the OK Corral and the Earp Vendetta ride. Um, that was pretty uh, somewhat accurate, you know, because like about, you know, two thirds into this movie. It just goes into a montage of them chasing down. They like, like yeah. the, the OK Corral, and they leave. They leave Tombstone two thirds in the movie yeah. and never go back. Yeah, you know, and then it's just all about them getting Wyatt Earp and his immortal men. Yep, yeah, the last ride of Wyatt Earp and his immortals and everything. So that was, uh, and that was a real thing that happened. Wyatt and Doc and um, Turkey Creek, Jack Johnson um, and James Earp went with them. And McMaster's did until McMaster's was killed yeah. by the Cowboys. Well, and, and it, sh it shows Virgil getting injured and uh, Morgan dying. That actually didn't happen on the same night. You no. know, and 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 it was uh, like a couple months apart, I think. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, again, you know, you can you know why they did that because it had to have some reason 
to make Wyatt finally step over that line and say enough is enough, you know, and, and, you know, something had to happen. So I guarantee that's probably why they put those two scenes together. Plus, you know, sending off Virgil because Virgil or Morgan, obviously because he was dead, but you know, they weren't on that ride with, with Doc and, and, and Wyatt. Well, yeah, in real life, they had found out that those people were waiting at the train yeah. station. Uh, what was it? Um, Ike and, uh, oh gosh, who was the Stillwell? Yeah. Stillwell was the, 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 the one that he was, that was waiting for him. And that was the one that, um, got the, basically got the warrant put out for Wyatt Earp's arrest is after he killed Stillwell because, you know, Stillwell was waiting for him. Um, but you know, it was kind of an unjustified shooting. Yeah. Because he just shot him right there on the platform. And but then, he of course, also kind of shot his brother, you know. Yeah, but, I mean, it wasn't him. It was maybe another cowboy yeah. or whatever. But, you know, it, and maybe in real life that was different. But, you know, and then you had the amazing scene, you know, where he gets uh, Ike down on the ground, you know, and he's like, you know, you, you call down the thunder and now you got it and all that and, you know, tell him hell's coming with him, you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that between that, I mean, that was a huge trailer made, just that one scene. Was alone. that actually uh, something he said, or was I don't it, know. it was probably I, something for Hollywood? It was probably something for the movie because they, they uh, foreshadowed it at the beginning when uh, they were translating what the priest had said. And, uh, you know, uh, John, Johnny Ringo is like, it's not what you said, you, you ignorant wretch. He goes, your, your Spanish is worse than your English. And then what he, uh, when they asked him about it, he said, you know, he was talking about a pale horse. You know, it was from the Bible, from Revelations and stuff. You know, yeah. uh, I saw a pale horse and hell followed with him. Mm-hmm. And so he's saying uh, what, what they were saying at the beginning was that the priest was saying that the pale horse is going to come for you and hell's yeah. going to come and they're going to, you know, it's going to be the end of all of you. And then they shot him or Johnny shot him and everything. And so they're just kind of laughing about it. And, and then in the end, it, it, it ended yeah. up why it was that person that hell's the following with horse, him and yeah. stuff. So it was kind of cool foreshadowing and, and everything. You so know, I got. I got some trivia for you. All right, let's go. All right. Um, what other Batman actor played Doc Holliday at least three times on television? Adam West. Yes, correct. Adam West. Ding, I, ding, yeah, ding, ding, ding. He, uh, he did play, yeah, it was three different versions of Doc Holliday and three different shows that had nothing to do with each other. I think it was television. maybe he played him once, and they're like, yeah. "Yeah, he's good for." So then he became known as a Doc Holiday actor or whatever before he became, yeah. and then yeah, and, and obviously but, not too long later, uh, Val Kilmer played Doc Holiday, and a little bit after that played Batman and Batman Forever, which I don't really mind as bad as Batman and Robin, but uh, I like Batman and Robin better to be honest with you, but that's just where I'm at. Really, you like yeah. the freeze? Yes. Chill. Yes. Is your thumb the only part of you that's green? You will just have to find out. I want us to be together, but I want to make sure you're serious about turning over a new leaf. I did. I can't <laughs> so have a... terrible. I, I prefer Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Okay, no, I'm I'm not saying that those that was bad either. I mean, I liked that one. I just liked. I, I I liked. You just liked it because of Alicia Silverstone. Well, I mean that didn't hurt, but I'm just saying like like. Uh, I, I thought George Clooney did a better job than Val Kilmer, in my opinion. I disagree. I think George Clooney is George Clooney throughout the whole I thing. I think both of them are horrible I think at it. But Michael Keaton, he changes his demeanor when he becomes Batman. I think Val Kilmer, to a little point, not as much, but to a point, he changes his demeanor, which you have to do. George Clooney was George Clooney as Bruce Wayne, and he was George Clooney as Batman, and he was just like, 
you know, can, just can, talking normal. And he's, can we mention that real quick? Uh, the whole Batman thing. You know, I'm 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 hearing on all these uh, Snyder cuts and stuff like that that Ben Affleck is the best Batman. Um, what? <laughs> no. What? Uh, I think just uh, no. Well, we you've had so many different versions of of Batman, and his his came out as real, you know, even grittier than than Christian Bale's. Um, but, but but Christian Bale's was still better, you know, yeah, and that's then it was more realistic. And I like Michael Keaton better, but again, maybe it's just showing yeah, my age I on think that it's, one. Uh, you know, us, you know, we're always going to consider Michael Keaton the best because you yeah. know that was like our Batman. Yeah, you know, even Adam God West was have, before. No, thank but, God we didn't have the Adam <laughs> West Batman because wasn't that movie like in the? It was done in like the eighties or something. Which one? The the actual Batman movie. Because uh, wasn't it done way after the show was ended or something? I can't remember. But oh, oh, you're talking about the the one Adam there. West movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't remember when the actual. I remember that, watching. That, I love that. Movie. That's when like I the Penguin it. Joker, Riddler, they Catwoman, they all teamed up, and there was the bat repellent, oh, or I mean the man. shark repellent. Oh man, <laughs> the shark was, was attached classic, to though. the bat copter. Anyways, we're getting off topic. But did you have any more trivia? No, nope, that's that's all I got. Yeah, and it, it's. I mean. Look, you know, you can go historical with a movie, and it's good to be historical, but you got to put something in there for the average moviegoer that's going to keep them interested. Um, you know, that's that's a problem that maybe Lincoln, you know, the movie Lincoln, you know, as good as Daniel Day-Lewis's performance was, um, it was lacking something, and, and I think it was lacking, yeah. you know, some... Well, it wasn't lacking in the acting. It was, it was acting, and not even the 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 actual writing because the writing was actually history what it was i think it was lacking it was just the direction and the directing on that movie in my honest opinion because you know you had one of the, you have one of the greatest actors of our time and you have one of the greatest stories of our time and if you can't make a award winning movie out of that then there's a problem yeah i mean like you said you know you have you have uh, you know one of the greatest actors in all uh, was considered to be probably the greatest actor of our generation in, in uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. And uh, and then you have S- Steven Spielberg. I mean, how can you go wrong with that? It, and it just wasn't as good. Yeah. I, I, I just think that sometimes sometimes historical movies have to be fudged a little bit. Um, you have to take two brothers, two brothers out that may not have had much significance to the yeah. story. You know, you may have had to change the, the conflict between the Earps and the Clantons and stuff because it would take too long to tell that because real life stuff isn't as exciting as it is in the movies. Yeah. You know, and, and it wasn't like they give villain or hero stares at each other. It's not like they glare at each other. It's just like, you know, not everybody is either a villain or a good guy. You know, you, it's all shades of gray and it's like, you know, uh, the Clintons weren't all entirely bad, and the the Earps weren't entirely wholesome and good. Yeah. So you have to you have to do what's best for the story, as long as you're being as accurate as you, as accurate as you can, and not doing something that would turn that person completely from what they were actually they actually were. You know, you have to you have to do it for the sake of the story because the story comes first. You can have the best visuals in the world or whatever. You know, um, Michael Bay has some of the the best visuals in a, in a movie and everything. But you know, he puts those visuals over story. You know, and you can't do stuff like that. Exactly. Well, I mean, he he Michael Bay also tends to cast. Um the same people over and over again and then sometimes you know you got to understand that those same people can't just because they do well in this certain movie that doesn't mean they're going to do good in this movie that really is totally different you know yeah 
Yeah, so uh, I would say that this is probably, uh, I think it's considered to be one, one of, if not the best Western movie of, um, or modern Western movies of all time. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you don't count, you know, or one Good, of the, the Bad, and the Ugly, or True Grits, you know, the original True Grit, or whatever it may be. Uh, and some people, like yourself, you know, you consider it to be one of the best movies, period, of all time. Yep. Um, so this is definitely one of our... our main recommendations for you to watch please go watch this um if you haven't uh it's it's a great story it's got great characters um if you can look past uh wyatt and his uh his womanizing ways at least with you know when it comes to his wife and this new actress who comes to town I think you in ways. <laughs> so but anyways um like i said you know we really enjoy this movie we definitely recommend it give it a watch um if you guys want to contact us, we are on Twitter now. Um, our handle there is uh, at the post credits. Um, for Facebook and Instagram, we are uh, the post credit podcast. And our email is the post credit podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Throw me a button.